Podcast. As long as one of us starts talking, then it doesn't matter who starts, really, does it? I suppose. Well, usually Pevy sneaks it in, but once again, he's decided to like bugger off. So yeah, Cyril's not here this week, guys. Sorry, Cyril's not here. No, no, and he wasn't in this week's Andor either. No, he's too busy stalking. I, <laughs> I was going to say something. I can't say. Oh, I can't say. An ISB agent. That's what you were going to say, wasn't it? Yeah, he's just stalking an ISB agent. I wasn't going to say anything else. Just that. Yeah. Yeah. Disgusting. I was nice to Pevy. You know, I'm nice to Pevy. You were nice to him. Yeah, you're the nasty one. I'm not. How am I nasty to him? You call him Cyril every week. I don't do it on purpose. He just doesn't. He's calling him Cyril. (laughs) Yeah, just because he reminds me of him. That's all. It's not meant by anything by it. (laughs) You know. He's not going to listen to this anyway. He doesn't listen to anything. He's never listened to anything. I don't know. It's near the beginning. He might. We have gone in early on him. Yeah, but he only really listens if I'm like, hey, yeah, I need you to cut this out. Me and Nick said something we shouldn't have <laughs> at this point. Like, and sometimes I don't know when we've said it. So, like, he has to listen to the whole episode and then do it. But, yeah, he's not here. Should be here next week, I think. You better hope. Better hope. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know your breath. I'm joking. Yeah, what is he doing? He's filming something, isn't he, in, in Kent? So, something like that. I think so. I do believe so. Work, I'm assuming. Is that that his job though? Pevy's a graphic designer, right? Like, so he does. He does a bit. He's got his fingers in all sorts of pies, isn't he? Proper job that he's doing, or is it like a hobby job? If that makes sense. No, my new hobby is going around filming stuff for you. So you know, Uh, and you've done it once. You can't call it a hobby yet. I got part two coming soon, mate. This week. I might go to that place this week. Yeah, why not? I don't know. You just—you didn't really say when you were when you were going. You were just like, "Yeah, I'll oh, go to that place one day." Yeah, I thought I did. That's no, dedication, so, mate, to the cause. That is. Yeah, if nobody saw it. Nick uh, visited uh, Barbican in London, which is uh, part of Coruscant in Andor, where Clea meets with Vel. So the entire sequence where you're watching Clea strut her stuff around Coruscant up to that meeting point—that's all uh, Barbican. And Nick went there and. Uh, replicated some of the scenes i wanted him in high heels but that didn't happen um he will calm to us instead and yeah. uh yeah that's a nice then, high you know the trousers were quite high you could see a bit of ankle couldn't you i couldn't see much ankle because the converse would uh like they were oh, high true, yeah, they were. yeah yeah sorry sorry so you know um but yeah uh so that might be next thing you might be going around doing video stuff um yeah it's fun if it's something you enjoy doing, like I'm all for it, you know. Like, like I said, I don't mind editing things. I like editing things. Like, I don't know why I do, but I do. You I didn't know? even think. I was so bad. Sorry, I should have thought. No, no, no. I, like, I just bombarded you with videos that night, didn't I? Yeah, that was weird because I just wasn't getting the videos for a long time, and then it, like they all hit all together at one point. I was like, yeah, that got. Us. But again, I, like that day, I came home, I like chilled out played a bit of Fortnite because that's what i do and then jason yeah and then i wrote two articles right after each other and then i decided to uh edit the thing so i like that like day took me to like i don't know three uh three in the morning doing it was a real big real busy day wasn't it It it's crazy i remember like getting notifications and you were just like popping off all the time on twitter yeah 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 it was like 
yeah, I think I had a, like a bunch of stories in the day, and then like I took a break really, like between I don't know, like five p.m. till about I took a break to watch Man United play, basically. Okay. Like, and then when I got home, it was like, because even though like playing Fortnite and stuff, like that's a chill out thing, but it's also like sharing of information and you know working things out and whatever you know, like so. It's it's this like reason and logic behind things, you know, like, um, you know, a guy get on phone calls with sources. I was on a phone call today with sources, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll just tell you this, like, go on as a, as a tease. Somebody Here we go. This is an exclusive. This is an exclusive, guys. It's a tease. It's a tease. Somebody who's currently in Andor wasn't actually supposed to be in Andor and was a recast. Ooh. Ooh. So, that's uh. Something I was told today, you know. This thing, like I was talking to to sources last night, and they were telling me stuff about Indiana Jones Five, which like we don't really. It's it's not Star Wars, so I don't like share that stuff. Yeah, not you bothered. Know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the same thing like no. last year. Like people were like filming um, like Jurassic World Dominion, and they were telling me stuff about that, and I was like, cool, you know, like not gonna do anything with it because it's like, you know, like I no, like Harrison Ford. Sorry, mate. Yeah, like I like uh, you know, films like that, but um. It's not what I do on the site, but it's always interesting to hear the stories, you know. Oh yeah, you like to hear things, don't you? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like even just like even knowing how like actors are, like just something as simple as like, oh, how's how's like Pedro Pascal? How's Diego Luna? How's you McGregor? You know, you McGregor's lovely. I've always shared every time he's lovely. Hmm. So, you know, like he's really Good. nice guy. Like he'll try and remember your name and when he sees you and stuff. But yeah, so he's, he's a nice guy. Um, oh, that's nice of him. Yeah, and then yeah, so it's been busy. Website's been busy. Again, don't want to make this sound like it's like begging. Here we go. Because it's, it's not. Here we right? go. It's not. It's not. Not. Yeah. It's like even though, like you, like you just said, it feels like the articles are popping off. Like there's a lot of stuff happening. Like there's, there's not a lot of money coming through it. It's a begging, mate. You're. I'll tell you what. No, you're begging just, it. It's just honestly, right? It's like. I don't know. Like, there was one day last week, wasn't it? Like, it might have been Thursday or Friday. I think I did about five articles. Yeah. Like, in that day, and then I like looked at like the revenue thing for it like yesterday, and I was like, like, how is like how is it such little coming through? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so to the people who have before and who do donate to like the coffee thing, that generally does help a lot. Like, even yeah. if it is like one dollar. Like that's the thing. If everybody like, and again, you shouldn't all do this. Like we're in a cost of living crisis. If you, if you can't give me a pound, do not give me a pound. You know, like keep it. Like, but like um, that's the thing. So how many people read the site? If like everybody like gave a pound or a dollar, like the this I I like yeah, I wouldn't need a real job. I wouldn't need anything. You know what I mean? But that's that's yeah. That's not what it's for. It's just like if people give something, they just. For me, more than anything, it shows like the appreciation. Like I said, I don't care yeah. if it's a, if it's a pound. You know what I mean? Like or a dollar. I don't mind whatever it is. It's just like more than anything to me. It's always the thought, you know, because like those yeah. people take the time out of the day, their day to like help, I suppose, and show appreciation. That means more to me than like I don't know, like than most other things. Because like on Twitter and stuff on social media, nobody like just tweets you saying, "Hey, like you know." Thanks for doing what you do. 
but like everybody who's ever gone on the coffee page writes a nice message you know and that, that yeah everybody who goes on they'd always say something like thank you for your work or like uh i look, I look forward to reading articles like something like highlight of the week or stuff, stuff like that and it's just like when they say something super nice like that more than anything makes the effort feel worth it you know so that's and you the, get a shout out as well on Twitter, didn't you? Except me, because I gave you three dollars the other day, and, and where's my shout out? I'm still waiting for it. Is that what you want? I'll do that for you if you want. I'm still waiting for it. Yeah, it's been it's no, it's too late now. It's been about two weeks, isn't it? So it's been about two weeks. I don't know if it's been about two weeks. If you what want me to share I... it, I'll share it. No, no, you no, know? no, no. You're begging people for money, and if if you think that I don't yeah. deserve a shout out for giving you three dollars, and that's fine, you do you. Alright. I mean I mean that's your late charge. You know what I mean? You you show up six minutes late, that's your late fee. You know, it's, okay. like, that's why it's like it's like it's like blockbuster, you know. It's my duty for being on the podcast, so I have to pay three pounds. Oh yeah. <laughs> three pound uh, three pound members club, you know. It's one pound seventy five for seventy nine or something like that. Yeah, it's sort of like one pound like seventy or something, yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad members club, you know. Like, exactly, you get guys, rip... come on, all sign up. <laughs> yeah, you get to rip heavy, you know. Um, yeah, I tell you things I'm not allowed to say publicly, you know. It's yeah. not a bad members club, you know. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. I give you that. I've definitely I'll... been in worse. I don't know. I don't know who's. I don't know where. If I'm still paying for Paramount Plus, I don't know what <laughs> bank account is coming out from. I ain't got a clue. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, things like that can happen to you. Yeah, yeah. I uh I'm not paying for anything stupid at the moment. Like mm. like my when my Apple TV Plus thing runs out in uh January, that's getting cancelled because they upped the price to seven pounds. Like that's not happening. It's not worth it. You know? I think we're gonna cancel Sky, mate, when it happens, when it runs out. When does your contract run out? April, I think. Do you wanna go like halves on a now TV Oh, uh, You said about this, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll talk once the podcast What's... is over. That's what I'm saying. It's just half price for us. Yeah, true, 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 true. So, um, look, should we get on with the show? Because we've chatted about nonsense for 10 minutes already. Yeah, it has been 10 minutes talking out of crap, to be fair. <laughs> so, okay. like, do something in uh, in show, which I should have done before, and that was check my mic. Yeah, but, sounds uh, fine to me. Oh, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. in the other room today, so if it's echoey people, I do apologise. It doesn't sound echoey, like, at all. Good. To me, anyway. Yeah. Like I told you Jolly. before, it's not echoey. So. But... Echo, echo. Andor. What about it? <laughs> Pretty good, no. man. You know? It's, it's just a flipping Star Wars show, that's what it is. It's a just a Star Wars show. It's just a flipping good Star Wars show. Uh, I was gonna say, if it's just a Star Wars show, that means it's on the same quality as like Boba Fett and the Bad Batch. Yeah, and... Hell nah. Obi Wan Kenobi. A like... whole another level. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is uh, this one. This one's pretty. This one feels epic. Yeah, like in Monologue. a different way. In a different way that the Eye of Aldani felt. You know, like to me, yeah, yeah. kind of felt like a season finale you know hmm. this yeah. one was just like it was just the 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 build-up intention throughout the episode the performances hmm. keep getting better throughout like 
Andy Serkis, amazing. Oh, today is just incredible. You know, yeah, like, um, this is the stuff I knew. What was I couldn't tell you? Like that he couldn't swim and how they get out. Um, oh, man, I could have cried. I was so sad for him. I was like, no. It's just it's just the fact that I can't. Like he says it to Cassian, I can't swim. And Cassian's like, what? And then like Cassian's pushed out of the yeah. thing, so he doesn't even have a chance to try and like figure out a solution or help, uh, yeah, help, help you know. him, yeah it is just gone you know and um and you know like Kino's going back there he's gonna be the only person in there and they are gonna they, they might not kill him they might just beat him and torture him so or whatever we're gonna see that next week and i don't want to i think this is the last we see of Kino. i don't know if it is but that's my feeling just this is it, you know. Like we don't, we don't see Kino again. Um, Same time, he loved that place. So I don't know if he ever really wanted to. Kino leave, did not know? love that place, did he? Huh? <laughs> Kino didn't love that place. He didn't love the prison. He was always like, "We never get out of here." He's like, you know, he would. Uh, he'd be the sort of person to be released and wouldn't know what to do with himself. Do you know what I mean? He could go and manage like a pizza hut. Oh, he'd be a great manager anyway. Yeah, exactly. In fact, yeah, in a factory, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, he'd be a fantastic manager. You know. Um, but it was just like all of it, it was the, that ramp up uh, like because we knew the plan we knew like when that lift comes down that's when it all goes down so you just it's just building intention for you from the moment like Circus says like you know um, what the, the our sentences don't matter like we you know we we start today you know like we get out because like we're gonna die here um, some great lines today, some great monologues. Everything was just yeah. Mwah. It was just all of it, like the performances, like across the board. Like Andy Serkis is the standout of this episode. Like, well, question doubt. Like watching his monologue, just looking at his oh. eyes, yeah, man, staring into his eyes, and they getting glassy as he speaks. <laughs> and like you know, I was just enthralled by his performance. And yeah, man, the music as well. The music when that like even. I didn't read because I watched it twice. The first time I watched it, I didn't notice the music during that scene where he's doing the monologue, but yeah. that builds up and swells during it as well, and that mixed in with his performance again. Like Nicholas Bertel making amazing, amazing music for this series. Um, yep. Yep, you know, yep, yep. Like this is up <laughs> there, man. This is up there with some of the best. Yeah, some people said we were like crazy for saying it's nah, not better man. than Mando's music. God, for me, nah. it is. Like, it's, you know, I think it is. Yeah, for like, music is subjective, film is subjective. Mm. Um, but for me, the the Nicholas Patel music, it's been so diverse. Like yeah. sometimes it can feel almost like classic Star Wars in like in a theme that could sound like sort of orchestral. And then you go mm. for like a, a rock theme. You go to like the Neomos music, and like I was listening to a somebody told me the other day about Nicholas Patel during an interview. He was saying about uh, Neomos, the song. He was like, they were like, it plays yeah, in three. Yeah, yeah, I heard this story. Yeah, go on, go on. It's a good story. Yeah, it plays in three different like episodes. It plays in the first episode of the brothel, like a variation of the mix, like a remix of it, right? The one we see, the one we hear on Neomos is the proper version. And uh, then the Coruscant Lounge mix. And he, he was basically saying that um, he it's a galaxy wide hit. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> and. That's why it pops up a, around various episodes. They want you to feel like it's a hit. 
and it mm. makes sense like when you relate it to like our world right you know um i don't know who's number one at the moment in in like the uk right but like whoever is like we'll hear that song any country we go yeah you know? like i could visit you and we hit a like hit a club or turn the radio on that song will be playing we could go stateside mm. that song will be playing you know um and it makes sense that because it does make the world feel connected in that sense but yeah musically episode was was amazing from from the musical perspective but in terms of performances mm. it was amazing tension is amazing writing the writing in this episode was amazing even like when you leave the prison and you follow Skarsgård like oh, that incredible. conversation he has in the elevator with Lonnie Jung and he's like congratulations on your daughter it's like oh this man no, is no, no. from the second <laughs> you know he talks to him like letting uh, him know like we're watching you you aren't yeah. safe yes you are stuck you are stuck here with us like yep. and it's just and even he he had a good performance as well um the Lonnie Jung actor uh Robert Ems I think his name is uh, yeah 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 you know he had a great performance Stell and his monologue you know about what he sacrificed you know and there's a line there's a line he said and there's something like um he's burned all down but he doesn't get to see the sunrise or something oh yeah it's fantastic yeah my man plans uh, I would never get to see the the sun yeah the sunset but something like yeah burn all down never see the sunrise whatever he says and I just thought of Cassian sitting on the beach with Jin as the impact of the Death Star hits Scarif. And it looks mm. like a sunrise or sunset, right? When they look when they're sitting on the beach looking at it. And it's coming yeah. closer and closer and closer to him. And that's just kind of what I thought when he said that line was was that moment of Cassian on the beach. Cause even even Cassian and Jin last week, where Cassian was screaming, Nobody's listening, nobody's listening. Mm. Like he says that to Jin. He's like, "Do you think anybody's listening?" Like, oh yeah, yeah. There is that. And he said a line that she says today as well. There was, oh, there was a line he said. I can't remember what it what it was. And again, but she definitely says it in Rogue One. And I was like, "Oh, I recognise that." Yeah. And it's even the thing of again today, the word climb came back into play. <laughs> like I love a climb, man. No, but it's the thing of like, you know, Namek says climb, and he passes away. Yeah. Kino screams, "Everybody climb." He passes away. K two screams, "Climb!" He passes away. Like it's the it's the theme of, and even in, in all of those in instances when they're saying the climb, it's for other people, and it's for a greater cause. You know, like if George was right here, if George was here right now, I'd be like, "Yeah, it's poetry. It's like rhymes." <laughs> yeah, that, that that is the thing. That is the no, like, like probably a thing he'd say. It was like film like poems, you know, it's like but it rhymes. So. <laughs> yeah, and it's you know, the the show is just next level. Immaculate. It is an immaculate even, TV even, show. Even just like the cinematography of like you yeah. know when they when they've all jumped out of the of the prison, and you see them like swimming out into the sea, into the ocean, coming <laughs> from the from the prison. It shows you a little bit, and it it pans out, and to me. It looked like maybe a planet getting destroyed. You know when it, when they on Scarif, even when they shoot it, yeah, or like or um, a Jeddah. I got mad. Uh, I got mad. Uh, thingy vibes from Battlefront Two. Camino, uh, not Camino. Um, oh, where the Wookiees live? You remember that that opening scene when you get onto a uh, Kashyyyk? That's it. 
you mean you get into Kashyyyk and you're the two battle droids going to the uh, base? Do you remember that Battlefront? Oh, you remember the original Battlefront? No, 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 no. The last one we played. You still have an Endor on that game. Just on one of the levels, just on one of the, the Walker Assault levels, you go to Kashyyyk, didn't you? I can't remember. Oh, okay. But yeah, it's going to be them vibes anyway. But it just, like a, it just, reminds, like a beach. Me, just reminds me of like a planet being destroyed hmm. by the Death Star or something. Like, because the, the way they were spreading out, it was just like... Yeah, I don't know. Again, it's it's just the cinematography, which has always yeah. been excellent in this show and continues yeah. to be. Um, Have you noticed there's a little blurry line at the top and the bottom? Not for me, it's not. I think I don't know, maybe it's because when I got the subtitles on, I've not realised it when maybe the subtitles off, but I don't, I don't know if they've done that as a trick or... I don't know if they've done that in every show, but I'm just noticing it more in this show. You'll probably... You might, if you watch it again, you might see it. Just a tiny... Like a couple of inches... Uh, at the both ends of the screen, it's just a little bit blurry. I noticed it a couple it, of weeks ago as well. But it might I, I like... what I, the, the thing is, the app isn't the same on every platform. You know, they're designed I've, I've for on the, this on the TV. I've watched it. I've noticed it on everything I've watched on. You've noticed on everything you've watched it on. Mm. I haven't noticed that. It's not a bad thing. I, I quite like it. I think it's mm. making you just more focus on the like, obviously, the middle of the screen and stuff like that. What's going on? But mm. yeah, maybe yeah. doing everything, and I've just only just started noticing it. Yeah. Yeah, because I haven't noticed it at all. Like, and I've watched it on like two different TVs today. Um, mm. But I've noticed mate. it at all. Flipping egg, and you're begging people for money. You got two TVs. Flipping egg. I've got a TV upstairs and a TV downstairs. I'm pretty sure you've got a TV upstairs and downstairs, right? <laughs> Is that not a normal thing? You know. I'm calling you money bags, lesbian, wouldn't we? Eh? You're not gonna call me money. Hey, you want to talk about money bags, right? Let's talk about Pevy Shed, should we? You know. Let's talk about Pevy's shed and all these uh, big time gigs he goes to. You know? Sheds? People always have sheds. Not like you, mate. You've got two sheds. <laughs> I, my shed is tiny and it's not a massive wonk. It is like on his last legs. <laughs> like, because um, yeah. where, where my shed is even have sheds, mate. Where my shed is placed, there's like a big drop into like this field with horses in next to me. Yeah. And it just collapses. It's going straight down there. You know, it's going straight into the field. You know, there you go, people. If you want to know where Besbin lives, you just go and find a field full of horses. Just go and f- yeah, look for a field of there, horses. There aren't many in Wales. Let me guess. Let me tell you that. There's there's a river next to it. There's oh. you know, um, there's a caravan a, in that field. <laughs> probably a shop down the road. Might be a bus stop along the street as well. You know, there's a bus stop on the street. There's a bus stop on the street, and then if you go up the street, there's a there's a a corner shop slash post office. You know, crack it. You're getting. This is getting. You know, very. Uh, you're going for it. We're gonna find you. We're gonna out you. We gonna find you. We gonna find you. <laughs> and there's like a nice like place to walk. You know, it's a, It's not. It's not too bad. You know. I'd love to see it, mate. When I get invited it, over. It's not like you, Nick, who's just getting robbed on a weekly basis. <laughs> oh, for goodness' sake. <laughs> Well, I ain't anymore, mate, because I fit in a lamb. And a lamb? I found it. I fit in a lamb to my van, so uh, there'll be yeah. no more muggins. No more muggins. They're pretty, they're pretty yeah. stupid flipping robbers, though, or vandalizers, because they can't even break into the side door of my van. They've tried twice. I don't know what yeah. they're doing. It. They literally must be doing it with a hammer, not a crowbar. But um, yeah, they've got a nice little surprise in store when they try again, mate. There's an, there's an alarm in there now. Yeah. Do the cameras up now? Uh, tomorrow, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. And then, if you want to know details of where Peppy lives, he lives <laughs> in a little little Hobbit house. 
you know. <laughs> Honestly, she sees door it's so tiny. Well, his his last door was tiny. Oh his, yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his current door is pretty normal, I think. Yeah, you know. Maybe he's gonna no, listen to this and be like, "What? What are they doing? Like, what are they saying?" You know. Um. Yeah, listen to this. We're twenty five minutes in. Uh, he probably listens to the first ten seconds and the last yeah. ten seconds. Yeah, he heard us call the Cyril, and that's probably all he'll know from this. You'll hear the last. He'll hear the last couple of seconds as well, because usually edits that like down. So yeah, but do you want to say much else about Andor? Um, I also loved. Um, so we had the monologue of uh, Andy Circus. We had Luthen's monologue. I actually did quite. Didn't, it wasn't really a monologue, but I loved the the three raid chat with Mon Mothma and the other two guys. That was great. The language in that was like on another level. Mm. Yeah, I'm I sure love, people love, are going to watch that and go be like, "What the heck were they just talking about?" But I, yeah, I love the the, uh, the just the plays that was there. It was like he comes in, Davo uh, Davo Skaldon. He comes in, and uh, you know, so this is the guy they're going to help get them the four hundred thousand into the foundation, wherever. Mm. And he comes in and he's like, "I haven't been here in a while. I always thought I'd come back because he thinks that highly of himself. He thought he'd be a regular to Coruscant, right? Because we all yeah. like he he wants to be the upper class, doesn't he? He wants to be where Mothma is and Tay is. I know Tay doesn't live on Coruscant, but he goes back and forth regularly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and all this and everything. Well, he wasn't before he spoke to a thingy, was he? No, not well. He was going. He's only going. Yeah, he's only going back now because Mothma's yeah. asked him to. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, he's having a dig about Mothma's like, like crib. It was like it's quite old, you know. Um, <laughs> but it was just like little things, and he was like, he was like, "Oh, so you want me to move some money around?" And then Tay goes, "Well, well, hold on, Dava, we've spoken about this, you know." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah like, we, we yeah, have, yeah." <laughs> but I want, I want to hear it from her, yeah. you know. Um, I like that idea. Because she's mm. like living this high, like I know she's not like it is like her own personal prison, um, mm. but to the outsider looking in, she's living the high life. You know, yeah. he doesn't know that she's trying to move money around for a rebellion. He just thinks she's rich. She wants access to her money, like, and I'm the guy who can go through the loopholes and get it for her, right? Like, so he's the outside looking in, and all this stuff, and it's a little game being played. It's like a superiority thing. And when all said and done, after he like seems to propose that his son marries her daughter, um, he says, and she and he says, You won't even think about it? And she says, No, I won't. And he says, That's the first time you've lied to me. Like yeah. during this meeting. And I love that. I love that little power play they've gone on, that little dynamic that's there. You know, um, do you think she'll allow it for the greater good? Do you think she'll let her, her daughter get promised to his his son? I think she... Oh, I don't know. I don't know, you know. I can't tell where, I can't tell where that side of the story is going to go. Because she seems conflicted and they need this money for the rebellion. Yeah, she's, she's seriously running out of options, isn't she? That's basically what Tay said to her, didn't he? He's like, there's <clears> no real way to do it, but this guy, he's like, isn't he like the treasury or something of, of Chandrilla or something? And, Something uh, like that. He can make it happen, basically. If, yeah. If she wants yeah, and it's like, do you do it at this point? You know, like, I, 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 she could just make a promise and then break it. Like they can't yeah. get married till they're fifteen, right? Something like that. Yeah. Because didn't Tay and Mothma, not Tay, Perrin and Mothma get married yeah. when they were fifteen? 
dare you forget Perrin's name? And dare you take his name in vain like that? Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, they didn't, yeah. So if his daughter's, if his son is fourteen, and her daughter Leda is thirteen, she's got two years, basically. Mm. She's got two years to to do this, and like before she has to actually commit to it. I would just lie. I'd just be like, yeah, I promise, and deal with the consequences later. You know. If I was her, I'd be like, yeah, take her. And also, can you take my husband as well, please? He's doing my editing as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's... Because this is also the thing of, like, what will parents say? Like, parent will have to have an input in this. Like, it is his daughter as well. You know? A yeah, I liked it when that guy said, like, I've met your husband, yes. Yeah, and he seems like the type of person he would meet. Because he's, like, yeah. all about... He's, he, he hangs out with these shady people, doesn't he? And, like... You know. Oh, they've definitely been a night out on the town together. Yeah. Perrin just wants a good time. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just wants all his dinner parties and, you know. Perrin just wants to party all the time. Like he said, he said uh, to, to Val, was it last week or the week before? He was like, um, all the te- all, all the interesting people have become tedious because of politics. You know? Mm. Um, so, yeah. Like, Perrin, he, is, he has no interest in any of this. Like, but I do wonder what what his thought would be about his his marrying off his daughter. You mm. know, like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like he I would say yes to it. Probably, you know, yeah. Well, it depends how disgraced this guy is back on Trangilla. Trangilla, Andrella. What is it? Chandrilla. Chan Trangilla. Trangilla Knights, as someone says. Um, yeah. Yeah, it depends what his reputation is like, but then at the same time, yeah, I can't really imagine Perrin caring that much, can you? No, not really. I, I like, I don't think he'd care. Like, unless Perrin thinks that she should be higher, married to somebody higher up. Yeah, exactly. You know, somebody sense. with more stature, because like, he's Chandrillan. Like, maybe Perrin would want his daughter to get married to a Coruscant like person. You know, oh, that's true. That's like, true. Maybe, and... maybe he holds the the traditions higher, though. I don't know if he does that. Like, he might hold the tradition higher, but like, I don't know because he. This is what happened. This is what will happen. She'll do it, and she won't tell Perrin, and then Perrin, because Perrin, obviously, probably wouldn't have married Mon. You know what I mean? Obviously, now, like going forward, they're like they hate. Well, their parents much. arranged for them to be married, right? Like, yeah. So it's like if Perrin and Mon Mothman arrange for her, like later to be married to uh, Skaldin's kid, like that'll happen. Like the kid doesn't seem to get a say. True, you know. But then the, he, he seems to like the girl, doesn't he? And let her do whatever she wants. So maybe he'd be like, no, she she should marry a Coruscant guy. Who knows? Oh. I like. I just love the fact that we spoke five minutes about that subject when it just means absolutely nothing in the show really do you know what i mean it's like an so well, it means something like Tony it means Gilroy, something but like yeah who would have thought like two episodes ago when mon mothma and perrin brought up that they were married at 15 they would come into play two episodes later in like a major way for mon mothma's life you know like he loves Gilroy, doing this he loves it yeah gilroy doesn't <laughs> doesn't do this for nothing this will mean something this will amount to something significant you know like mm. There's nothing in this show that happens by accident or is forgotten about. No. Nah. There's always, always a reason. A reason, yeah. Like, it's, like we say it every week, it's massively crafted from 
right down to direction, to cinematography, to music, to performances, all across the board. Like, mm. you know, this is obviously leaps and bounds above any any Star Wars project on Disney Plus we've had. You know, um, I would go. It's too early to say. It's too early to say that if it's, if it's no, this the is best. the best man. No, 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 no. It's, it's the best this for is me. the best show for me. But the best thing out of the Disney era, it might be tad early. Like maybe when we get to the season finale, we could be like, right, we've now had twelve or well, under twelve hours of content, right? Mm. We can judge it as a whole as a season and compare it against everything else we've had and be like, is this the best piece of Star Wars content we've had under the Disney era? And currently, I would say yes. But I oh, think yeah. we can't fairly judge it until the season is wrapped up, which is in two weeks. Oh, yeah, so we're 80, 80% there, yeah, so. Yeah. Yes, we'll see. We'll so, see. Yeah. Um, we didn't see any Cyril this week. Didn't see any Bix this week. Yeah. Um, Not a lot of Deirdre. No, we saw Deirdre once. Right? I like how this show does that. I like it. It will literally give you... And it's, it's done it every week. I've noticed it. It'll give you a little, literally, like a 10, 15 second, or maybe a minute, minute long uh, scene of those people just to be like, oh, don't forget about those people. Do you know what I mean? They, they are they, here. That's, that's what they did to us this week on Ferrix. They were like, yeah. They took us back to Ferrix. Yeah. And there's some people we hadn't seen before worrying about Marva saying, like, hey, she's not taking her medication because she says it puts her off her food. Mm. And now she's hiding her medication, you know? Um, yeah. And we saw. Center looking from afar, keeping an eye on things, just to let us to know that two things: Marva plotting something, you know, like she's yeah. she's she's Cassian's emotional anchor in this. It's the thing he cares about most. So it's giving us mm. that gentle reminder. It's giving us a reminder by showing us all the stormtroopers and the control that Ferrix is under now about what's happening on Ferrix. Um, and then showing us Cinta continuing to keep an eye, which is another thread. It did show us a yeah. character we have not seen before. Like it lingered on it's... Yeah, they lingered on this guy also seemingly watching the the Marva Ando house. Oh I just assumed he was an Imperial spy. Because they said they said oh we're monitoring the mother, aren't they? Like she's too old and frail, but we're monitoring her. I just assumed. I assumed that too as well, yeah. yeah. Like but I don't know. Like I was like, oh, they've lingered on this guy, so I think he's gone. He he himself will come into play probably again. You know, mm. like because they've already told us they're watching the house, but they lingered on this guy doing it. So it's like, you know, again, the show isn't too. And it was straight right? after Cinta as well, so maybe they straight after. Have a, I think we even see Cinta um, walk past him. Yeah, know, like so uh, maybe so, Cinta as well. Maybe he knows. So there's gentle reminders there um, for us to set up next week, like. You know, Gilroy said eight, nine, and ten is, is an arc. Seven's kind of his own thing, and then uh, eleven and twelve basically make up the finale. Like he didn't say twelve is a finale. He kind of said eleven and twelve together uh, make up the finale. Do, so, do you know the runtimes of those two? I'm just no. like, not like oh, okay. I would say this earlier, Jason. So I was just saying, do you reckon they might do? This is wild and out there. I doubt they will, but. I think it would be absolutely incredible if they did, but do you reckon they might do like an over hour episodes? If it's um, going to be like two episode finale, I'd love like especially like Stranger Things style. 
Yeah, it's the, it's the idea of him saying it's the two episode finale. I think he just means you're supposed to watch them together, 11 and 12. And that, that is be... a movie in itself, really, isn't it? That's that is a movie in itself. Yeah, there's a, if he's doing 50 minutes per episode on it, like you are getting like a lot of, you are basically getting a movie by watching that. Mm. You know, the all these little arcs, like so the eight, nine, or ten, it's a mini movie. Like one, two, and three is a mini movie. You know, four, five, and six is a mini movie. Like mini isn't even the right word because it is like an hour and a half long to watch all three or something. Or, or mm. longer but yeah um i just think i think for that reason him saying 11 and 12 are basically the finale that we that's the reason we won't get say episode 12 being an hour and 30 minutes it'll be yeah. an hour and 30 minutes or something combined you know like it wouldn't be anything other than that and i don't mind yeah. that as long, like i said as long as like like this episode is one of the shortest ones we've had and pacing felt fine pacing was well We've had episodes last closer to an hour and the pacing has been fine. Like, that's the thing. So as long as it's paced well, it wasn't felt like it was rushed. And I, given how they've crafted this show, I don't see any episode feeling like it's been rushed. You yeah, know, oh, like, no. I think, you know, he's he'll give ample time to the plot and the characters that's needed. Um, obviously, they will still set up season two um, as well. So, yeah, I... Uh, I'm excited. I, I'm excited to see Cassian go back to Ferrex next week. You know, like he, yeah, has, he has to obviously go back. Um, so I'm, and like we know from footage that several ends up back on Ferrex, like disguised as a local. Um, we obviously know Vel goes back as well. Um, mm -hmm. We still haven't seen like uh, uh, Luthan take on that like spaceship, you know, from the trailers, which. Or go to uh, back to Silverware. I assume that's related to the Krieger stuff. Because the pilot, keep... oh, I, I loved that last week. I forgot to mention that last last week. I loved that little plan they had to kill the pilot, and make it look like an accident. I was like, "Oh, that is." Well, they followed that this week, didn't they? Like they successfully, yeah. like, uh, you know, uh, screwed up his ship, so it's like mm. frozen and like floating out there. And they and uh, Jung was like, no, we should go and investigate because that's what we, we would normally we'd do. Normally do, yeah, yeah. We don't like, make it look uh, obvious, yeah. So like, if he's watching, we need to go and investigate it because like that's protocol. Um, yeah, but he, this Krieger thing has come up now like multiple episodes in a row, like th the last three. Uh, um, and so I think it's going to tie into wherever Luthan's finale is. I think Luthan will go and help this Krieger guy. Or, or something you know um, I think and, yeah because they keep mentioning it like again Tony Gilroy doesn't mention things for, for no reason you know it's got to yeah. come into play at some point this Krieger guy like and so we'll see that but yeah um, I just actually think we'd see this uh, this this banking guy from uh, from what you call it I think I thought that was just a passing comment but which is oh no I, oh, wow. I, I, I knew it wasn't a thing because like uh, months and months ago I found out uh, there was a, uh, a woman called Rosalind Halstead, I think her name was. Uh, mm -hmm. She was cast in the role of Skaldan's wife. So uh, I assume we see Skaldan's wife next week <laughs> as well. Um, oh, okay. So no spoiler for everyone there. Sorry about that. Well, it's something I put out like months ago. It's even before we knew anybody's names. We like it was, it was before we knew 
Luthan, anybody, you know? Like, we didn't know their names until Celebration. Like, I think Luthan's name till Celebration. Um, we didn't know Bix. Like, I put Bix out in August, I think. So, yeah, but Skaldin's wife was one of the first names we ever knew for a character in this show. We knew Skaldin was somebody. And, um, Skaldin's wife. That sounds, like, <laughs> that sounds an awful lot of it. Yeah. Skaldin's wife. Ugh. So, yeah, Skaldin's wife. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see more of this marriage drama unfold, you know? Um, so what are you at? Space soap opera. So, space soap opera, isn't it? That's what this is. What are you, what are you giving it out of 10? I'm going to go just for a solid nine today. I did like it. I loved it. Um, you know me, I like them longer, so this was a bit shorter. Um, but like you, you said, said, it's got it's everything in well, though. It is, it is, it is. But you can't knock um, it for being shorter. I just, just, you know, I just, best be, I just never wanted to end. I never wanted to end, all right? I love this show so much. Um, I really, oh man, the, the fact that they thought they were going to do four seasons, flipping egg. Like five season, five. Oh my days. Incredible. And literally, yeah. we've been like, we've done like, we've done about six, six days worth of stuff in this show, haven't we? It's actually been about six days, isn't it? No. Longer Cass than that, a week? in jail for over a month. <laughs> oh, a month. Oh, but before that, it was like, it was just well, him this, on this, Ferrix and then three days on Eldani. This, yeah, but, like, but that's the early stuff. We don't know how long Cassian was on Neomos. That's true, yeah, yeah. Like, you got to remember, this season, like, season one takes place over the course of a year. Oh, is that what it's meant to be? Okay, I didn't know that. So, yeah, like Gilroy's always said, season one takes place over the course of a year, and then season two takes place over the course of four. So, yeah. we don't know exactly how long. Cassian's been in jail for over a month. We know that. Like, yeah, we yeah, know yeah. he's been in jail over a month. Like he said on the screen. Like, 30 mm. shifts later or something. Yeah. Um, we, he was on Aldani for how many? Was five, he only for a five, few days? Five, six days, four. Yeah, four, five. Yeah, yeah. We don't know how big of a gap was left after that. Like even him going back to Ferrix. Like we assume he went straight back, but we don't know if he like didn't go straight back. Like laid low. Yeah, maybe. Like and then same thing with with him going to Neomos. We don't know if he just went straight to Neomos and lived there. We don't know how long he was at Neomos. None of it. He could have been there six months. We won't know. So, yeah. It's, uh... When you when you saw K2SO the first time, did you feel that same pain I did? And did it take you straight back to a Jedi Fallen Order when one would just like pop out from behind a door and you're like, oh, for flip's sake, I've got to kill him now. No, I, I, I not on Jedi When I saw, when I saw the, the, K2, uh, the KX security droid pop up, yeah. I was like, scoop confirmed. <laughs> that, was, that was what pops up in my head anytime like something happens like that it's like you know Scoop confirmed yeah it's just like i saw k2 the, the kx security drone like yep got one right when we first saw death troopers in the trailers i was like yep got that right her name is bix clean got that right name's cat his name's Casa. got that right blah 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 like another one hear, yeah when i hear things like that i'm like that's my first thought is oh, i was right i was right like because even though I get things right often, it's still like an anxiety about it. Like, what if I'm wrong? You know, like, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. true. Now, the theme tune was on another level again today. Like that pure orchestral version. Mm. 
I need to hear that. I, want, I hope they do like a full length one when the final thing comes out. Yeah, maybe we'll uh, get one of the, the last episode, the the outro. Well, the way they've been dropping the soundtracks, the last soundtrack should drop this the same week as the finale, right? So, oh, the last one will. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they're doing it in chunks of four, right? So then it'd be yeah. 9, 10, 11, 12. So it should come out the same week as the show ends. So yes, I'll, I, I give it a nine as well. That's where I'm at. Fantastic. Um, I've got one more comment on it. Where was it? Oh, we can talk about it another day. I was just going to say I hope Tony Gore stays on around Star Wars and does other stuff. But yeah, don't worry about that another day. Yeah. Um, and all season two details... See, I write these when they come out, and I gotta try and remember them because I don't uh-huh. write notes anymore. Uh, scoop confirmed. Scoop confirmed. First and foremost, with the <laughs> end of season two details. Um, back in April, I said it was filming at Pinewood Studios um, in the UK. Uh, this November, Tony Gilroy has said that it's happening at November twenty-first, to be exact. Um, I know Jason also said it's happening at L Street Studios. Nobody said anything about that yet, but we'll see. Um, but it's definitely happening in Pinewood. We know that. Um, mm-hmm. They announced uh, the directors for season two. Um, yeah. And the directors for season two are, I'm just trying to pull it up, I'm trying to pull it up on the site real quick. Uh, so am I. I'm trying to pull up your site. Um, so we got Janice Metz who did episodes of the first season of True Detective. True Detective, the season one, is critically acclaimed. You know, okay. uh, so it's pretty good talent there. Uh, we've got Alonzo... Ru- uh, Alonzo Ruiz Palacios. Yeah. Um, he, this is the person I'm unfamiliar with. I haven't seen this this, this guy's work. He did uh, episodes of the Amazon series Out of Range, the stars Josh Brolin. Um, yeah. He's the one I'm unfamiliar with. And then Ariel Kleiman, who did episodes of the TV show Yellow Jackets, which was a very good show. Um, and the, he said that Kleiman will be doing the first three and then doing another three. Okay. So like in Andor season one, one of the directors is doing two blocks, right? They do them in blocks of three, but one director is doing two blocks. I think it's Toby okay. Haynes. Yeah, like, yeah, in this one, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and then they talked about writers returning, and the writers of the, Al- of the, I think it's the Aldani arc, and this prison arc, which is Dan Gilroy, Tony Gilroy's brother, uh, who's written, uh, the, the best thing he's known for is the, the film Nightcrawler, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, which is fantastic, um, <laughs> And Bob Willimon, who's written these ones, 8, 9, and 10, I think. Um, he's, yeah, he he created House of Cards, you know, for uh, for Netflix. Yeah, yep, um, yep. And they've also now added um, uh, another writer called Tom Bristle. And Tom Bristle, he did the movie from 2017 called The Disaster Artist, starring James Franco and Dave Franco. Okay. You ever you you know the uh, thing? Um, I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> oh okay. That like it's, so that's a film about a movie called The Room. Like he he did that movie with James Franco. Like he wrote that. I movie. like how, you know you know. 
Leo knows about you. You know that Leo? You did. Well, you did hear me say words. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Like that's what he said. You know, you know that So, yeah. So a lot of talent coming on on board on Ando, I think. Like even more so. You know. Yeah, we've got great talent on this season. It sounds like we're getting great talent on the next season. Oh, they also said Yavin's coming into season two, which I always assumed was a given. Well, that know? was as obvious as saying Cassie and Ando will be in the show, but yeah. Yeah, like given like this is supposed to go up until the events of Rogue One, of course we're going to see Yavin. Like, yeah. That's the thing. Out of all the, like, the things we did last week, all the, the articles we wrote last week, that was the one that did the best. I was like, why? Why? This is so like, obvious. You know? What? Like, yeah. So strange. Yeah, it was like, there's so much more interesting details. We know the start date, we know the directors, the writers, but that's the one I did as well. Like, it's really odd. Um, I hope we don't yeah. see it until episode 10. <laughs> I don't know when we'll see it. Yeah. But, um, the Acolytes. The Acolytes, uh, they confirmed there is filming. So, Nick, scoop confirmed. Um, you know. One scoop or two, my friend. Two so far tonight. Uh, we've, uh, we've had more than two all together. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. But uh, yeah, so that's filming. They showed the first picture, which was of uh, Amanda Stenberg and uh, Lee Jung Jai uh, filming. Well, rehearsing a scene that appeared to be with the director and showrunner Leslie Headland. Um, and they uh, they give a little brief synopsis for the show. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, this it sounds pretty interesting. Um, goes against what the leaks were, so I'm starting to think the leaks weren't accurate. Ooh, um, controversial. So, yeah, I'm trying to find the exact quote from them. Um, I'll find it, mate. For goodness' sakes, I'll find it. Stars for stars for photography. Blah 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 blah. What is it? Oh, the accolade is a mystery thriller that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emergent dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. A former Padawan reunites with her Jedi Master to investigate a series of crimes, but the forces they confront are more sinister than they have ever anticipated. So, the assumption is Amanda Stenberg, the lead, she is the former Padawan, right? Mm -hmm. And by that means she probably was a Padawan and quit. You know, mm-hmm. um, so in the words of Ahsoka, she is no Jedi. Um, mm-hmm. and her master is obviously Lee Jung Jai, um, who is being touted as the male lead. Um, and they're it almost sounds like like they're acting like cops, which has been the running joke that like Jedi are like space cops, yes, yeah, you know, so and they're investigating a series of crimes that links to the emergence of the Sith. Or you know, or the dark side. Um, we kind of saw that in Thingy, didn't we? In Tales of the Jedi with Dooku and mm. yeah, yeah. And um, I think the premise, the idea is good. Like they call it a mystery thriller, and then they kind of tout Stenberg and Zhang Jai as uh, as as space cops. It's very interesting. I think the premise of it is um, the Jedi's. Yeah, well, Jung Jai, he's the Jedi and she's the former part of one. And they're investigating okay. a series of crimes as a mystery thriller. And it's just like, that as a premise, it's cool. It's like a Star Wars cop show, almost. 
you know? Hmm. Interesting. Um, in the way it's being spun. I actually just, like, I always try and uh, familiarize myself with the works of any writer or director that steps foot into Star Wars. Yeah. Um, so, like, in 2014, when Ryan was announced to be directing Last Jedi, I hadn't seen any of his work, so I went and watched, like, Brick and Looper and loved it, you know? Uh, Leslie Headland is the only person in recent years that I've been unfamiliar with the work. And the thing she's usually praised the most for is the um, is the series on Netflix called Russian Doll. Yeah. So I started watching it, and it's actually a very good show. So couple oh, that in with good things. Yeah. So watching that and seeing the quality of that show and her as a creator and a showrunner on it and a director, and then mixing that in with the premise of this show and the amount of talent on this show as well, like the cast itself is like fantastic you know like bringing carry on moss from the matrix in as well like that's it's pretty cool it's yeah, crazy yeah yeah. i, yeah. I would like this i would like her to be the villain i would love for carry on moss to be the like the sith in this you know i can see it yeah see like it. operating in the shadows maybe operating in this like in the upper class elements of it like, yeah i think of, you're right of, actually she's probably the older one yeah, she's the oldest one, so she's the more experienced one, I'm assuming. Out of the cast you look at, yeah, like, unless there's yeah. people left off of it, and there definitely is people left off of it, you know? Um, but, yeah, well, I'm excited. You insinuate, are you insinuating something? No, they'd always do it. They always leave her off. Like, when they give us the, um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi cast, they left off, like, a lot of people. Like, Little Leia was not on that cast. Oh, yeah. You know? Um... Uh, left off flipping Andy Circus for a thingy, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. They just told us, like, Cyril, like, Cassian, Bix, Luthan, Mon Mothma. Like, they didn't even tell us Val was in it. You know, like, the actress who played Val. Uh, Faye yeah. Marseille, I think her name is. Um, oh, she wasn't in it again today, was she? No, she wasn't in it today. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. Like, um, my anticipation is only growing. Um, I, I know some things about it, like, uh, I'm ex so it's exciting. It's, um, I think it's going to be more Andor than Boba Fett and Kenobi and stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, they are doing a lot of big practical sets for it, so. It sounds like it. Yeah, so it, so it's going to, it's going to be fine. I'm pretty excited for it. Um, moving on then to the last piece of Star Wars news, Sean Levy is directing a Star Wars movie. Now, who the heck is that? Best Sean bin. Levy, he is an executive producer on Stranger Things. He's directed multiple episodes of it. I think he's directed 10 episodes of Stranger Things. Um, yes. And this is why... <clears throat> I know you haven't seen the, the latest season of Stranger Things, but this is why nope. I'm heavy here, because he did watch it and he did enjoy it. And there was an episode in particular that Levy directed, and it's often highlighted as maybe the best one of the latest season. Uh, yes. It's called uh, Dear Billy and it's the i don't i don't think iconic is the right word but it's the scene that made the most impact it's where uh max the little ginger girl she is trapped in the upside down by the villain vecna and to get her out the the other kids need to play her favorite song the true body that's in the real world our world to break her free and that's when they play the kate bush song running up that hill and max is able to like run out of the out of the upside down 
back to her friends. Um, he is a good director. He also directed, I don't know if you watched it, uh, Free Guy. Did you watch that film? Came out last year with Ryan Reynolds. No? No. He plays no. an NPC in a video game. No, no, no. You do. You told me it's very good, though, didn't you? Yeah. And then he also directed The Adam Project, which I know you've watched. That came out this year. Yes. Yes, I watched that. He's, he, he's running around as he goes back in time, hangs out with his younger self. Mark yeah, Ruffalo yeah, yeah. That was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, was, that was decent. And in the past, he's also directed the three Night of the Museum movies. And did you ever see the movie Real Steel? Hugh Jackman is in it. No, I don't think that doesn't ring a bell. Anyway, I think he's a decent director. Like, I'm not saying he's amazing, right? Because I don't think he is, but he is good and will do the job. He's yeah. supposed to go and do Deadpool 3, um, which led to my theory of I won't be surprised if this guy is directing the Feige movie. The Star Wars Feige movie. Yeah, because they said like once he like Sean Levy wraps Deadpool three, and the and two episodes of the next even Stranger Things, his focus is the Star Wars movie, and directing it. He doesn't typically write things; he just directs them, right? So we know Michael Waldron was hired to do the Feige movie this year, right? What if he just come on to direct that? Like, because before the Lindelof movie thing was revealed. The belief was that the 2025 movie was the Taika Waititi movie. And then 2027 was the Kevin Feige movie. And now, the Taika, I don't know if that's happening. You know? I go on, no, no, come on, man. It's not, it's just too busy. Like they've, they've, they've set us up to think, I think now, that the next movie is definitely Lindelof. Yeah, the 2025 yeah, yeah, yeah. movie is Lindelof. He's got a writer's room. He's He's been hammering out the script all year. He's got a director on board who's given input into the script as well. That feels yeah. like the 2025. This one, I won't be surprised if Levy is either coming on for Feige or what they were saying about the Lindelof movie was it is being written as a standalone movie. But if the film is successful, they would do follow-up movies to it. You know? So I wonder if Levy's either come on to do the Feige movie, which has already been written by Michael Waldron, or he's coming on in preparation of um, the Lindelof movie doing well and a sequel happening. You know? Like, I don't think this guy is writing his own original movie, because that's typically not what he does. Right? No, no, no. I can't imagine anyone is, are they? Taika does well, co-write his well, stuff. Yeah, yeah, true. You know, like Ryan obviously wrote his stuff, so Ryan would write his trilogy. Um, well, after that, after The Last Jedi, I can't imagine they would let anyone do it again. Well, right there. Yeah, just because of the, con the controversy, not... Yeah, I but know. I don't think that's to... I don't see that as a reason not to let a, but your director write the movie. Like, Taika's mm. co-writing his movie. Like with the person uh christy wilson Carnes, who did 1917 um I he's that. yeah he's writing his movie with her like taika always has a writing partner like and he's doing it with her this time around you know like like jj he he co-wrote force awakens and the rise of skywalker you know with uh kazdan for force awakens uh, and uh yeah, chris yeah, terrio yeah. for for skywalker you know 
Um, Patty Jenkins was co-writer in Rogue Squadron. Like, it's a thing they do. I just don't think Levy will. I just don't think Levy is the guy you bring in to, to just to direct. You know, like and like I said, he's a good director. Like, yeah, I don't th like. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's why he's being brought in. But um, where's your excitement level for for Levy coming in? Like, do you have any excitement for it? No. No. <laughs> no. What, like. What films do you think will happen, by the way? It sounds like this in the off one will happen. That's why it's got the most traction. Uh, if you think this is the fight, just basically not Tigers. That's just not happening. And obviously not um, Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron, that's put on the massive back banner, tell, isn't it? I tell you what's funny. Uh, well, well, it's not even funny, but interesting. Anyway, about two years ago, there's a director called J.D. Dillard and mm. a writer called Matt Owens. They were reported to be working on a Star Wars movie. At the time, nobody knew what it was. They just were working on it, and it was either going to be for a theatrical or Disney Plus title. But they were working yeah. on a Star Wars movie. And he's got a movie coming out uh, later this month called Devotion with Jonathan Majors and Glenn Powell starring. Uh, it's had good reviews from festivals. Um, and it's an aviation movie. But anyway, he was asked about like his Star Wars movie. He said it's no longer happening. He's no longer working on it. But it's not for a lack of trying, right? Yeah. But listen to this. This is what I find the most interesting. Uh, this is from uh, The Wrap. Dillard kept quiet about details about his Star Wars movie, but did mention what inspired his Star Wars project. He mentioned the video game Star Wars TIE Fighter, a game that he claims changed his life. And he went on Ooh. to say, my dad being an aviator, so he's a former pilot, we had a bunch of flight simulators in the house, including Star Wars TIE Fighter. I'm playing this game for months, and my dad is flying it with me. And I'm like, man, this game is just so cool. And he's like, you know this game come from, comes from movies, right? And I was like, you're kidding. And then that's where I watched Star Wars for the first time and realized the full scope of what it meant to world build because I've been playing this pseudo 16-bit game. So what we have here is J.D. Dillard wanted to write a Star Wars movie, which is inspired yeah. by Star Wars TIE Fighter and his father being a pilot, right? And this is where Just I wrote. Give it, give it to him. Give no, it no, to no. him. No, no, this is where I wrote, right? I okay. find it quite interesting that in early 2020, Dillard and Owen started writing a Star Wars film inspired by Dillard's father being a pilot and his love for Star Wars TIE Fighter. And by the end of the year, Patty Jenkins is helming a film titled Rogue Squadron, a film inspired by her own father being a pilot and a title also taken from a Star Wars video game. Is that a coincidence? The same year, they are both writing a Star Wars movie about a pilot. Both of their fathers were pilots. And both films seem to take inspiration from a video game. That can't be a coincidence, right? Just, nah, just get them all on. Just get, let them do it. Just make them do it. Like, right? What do you think that is, though? What do you think that is? Do you think that Dillard and Owens were writing a movie? Lucasfilm just wanted a, like a pilot movie? And then they brought on Jenkins to do one as well? And they just went with, with Jenkins's? Like, was it an evolution of what Dillard and um, Owens was doing? Like, Maybe. It can't, be, it can't be a coincidence that, like, they both were writing pilot movies. Right? No, 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 no way. Do you reckon Disney would just just uh, accumulating ideas? Do you think? 
it's but it's weird though because it's this, basically the same idea inspired mm. by their fathers who were pilots based off of somewhat based off of an existing video game title like surely there's something there you know i don't know i just think that it's very interesting it can't like in my brain it's not a coincidence you know if some people have theorized that maybe it's he was writing uh, like i don't know a tie fighter movie she was writing a, a rogue squadron movie kind of a play on the games that at the time your star was tie fighter your star was x-wing um i never I don't played know. that one but i played x-wing uh, x-wing versus tie fighter that was good yeah yeah so i don't know i think that it's a very coincidence and this guy dillard like he's he's serious about the aviation thing like his next film coming out is about aviation like you know it's about pilots like so i think this and it's got good reviews so this guy would have been a, a good guy to do a uh a movie but uh, someone make it then because i want a film i want from... a series i want a series from about like an x-wing pilot you know i would like that more than anything i would love for rogue squadron to become a disney plus series and not I, see, a... I said this to jason but he poo-pooed the idea and i can see why just because of budget budgetary you know but if it's the people doing uh, andor like if it's like oh yeah if you're treating it with and like i'm not saying gilroy and stuff but what i'm saying is if it's not like being handled by dave and john and everybody on that side of things nah. and it's like uk production with good production value like uh you know practical sets for you know when they're not in space like yeah they've clearly done it before like these shows get budgets of movies mm -hmm. you know what i mean like if they're shooting in a pinewood, they know how to shoot X-wing scenes. They've done it for years. Oh, they, yeah, did it, yeah, yeah. they did it throughout the sequel trilogy recently. Like you can say what you want about the sequel trilogy, but they never got like the dogfighting and the space stuff wrong. Like with the like with people fighting in X-wings and Tie Fighters, like that stuff was fine. That was normal. Like so, I think Force Awakens was probably the best, wasn't it? Yeah, probably, like but it's Star Battlefight, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think but like, so. they've never like got that wrong. You know, no. they know how to direct those things. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Of... Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think of the best one. That and Scarif, probably the uh, the Battle of Scarif. Yeah. Was, so, was so my well. thing is like, I would love if Patty Jenkins can't come and do Rogue Squadron because they want more Wonder Woman movies from uh, Warner Brothers. Fine, let her be a producer on a TV series for Rogue Squadron. Mm. You know, so. That's where I'm at with it, and yeah, um, but that's where we're, we're now. We're officially done with Star Wars news. I just want um, a B wing. Does someone make a B wing film? For goodness sakes, um, I don't know why I'm so obsessed with B wings. I'm gonna hate it the second I see one. Why is it doing that yeah. for? It doesn't so, do that. This is, we've been going now for over an hour, so there's a couple things on on here that I will leave for next week. Uh, yeah, we have Indiana Jones. Pevy will have more to say. I feel like Pevy will go in on them. Yeah. So we'll leave a couple of those. But what I will ask is what? Justice League 2. I haven't even seen Justice League, Justice League 1, mate. Well, I've seen no, clips but... of it online, but. This is what my thing, is right? Like, James Gunn has just taken over um, DC Studios yeah. with yeah. Peter Saffron. And on November 4th, uh, 
Jason Momoa, he like did an interview or something. He was like, that's about a dream project. And he was like, the dream project is already happening and hinted it at, at it being a DC thing, right? Two days later, November 6th, he posted a video of himself basically running around his house, really excited. And he's like, remember this day, remember this day, November 6th. I can't believe it's happening. I can't believe it's happening. And then at the end of the video, he says, thank you, maestro. And like, like blows a kiss, right? Um, mm. The people have taken up the line maestro um, because maestro. the guy who's, who's directing the Flash movie, Andy Muschietti, I think is his name. He directed the To It movies that came out recently. Um, apparently his nickname is Maestro. Okay. So there's one like comic book leaker person as Casey Walsh has said that it's Justice League 2 with Andy Muschietti like directing, right? And like everybody else is theorizing that's what's happening because of the Maestro thing and um, Momoa hinting at, at being a DC project and wherever, right? Yeah. So it seems as if maybe, maybe James Gunn's first order of business there was greenlighting a Justice League sequel with Muschietti directing. And I just find that so interesting in the sense that, well, Ben Affleck is like no longer Batman. Yeah. Henry Cavill is coming back. Momoa is still there. We've got a ton of problems with The Flash, right? Like the lead actor in The Flash. You know, Ezra Miller. Mm -hmm. um, he shall not be named. It's all a bit of a mess over there. Black Adam, like they're making it out as a, like it's a massive success. But in reality, it's not. It's going to make under 450 million. The movie costs like <laughs> 170 million. Like You hate that show so much. You hate it so much, didn't you? I, I went and saw it, right? And it was like, it was mid. It was like a 5 out of 10. It was mid, right? Yeah. Like, and people only hyped about that movie. Either because like I don't I don't want to generalize, but a lot of dude bros are like hyped about it. More so, people are more hyped about Black Adam because of the post credit scene showing us Henry Cavill is back as Superman, and that is hype. That is hype to have Superman like be Henry Cavill again. But mm. like you can't sell the Black Adam film over that one moment. You know what I mean? Like oh, they're doing it. And oh yeah, they're doing it. They're selling it over that moment. Like um. That's why I think the DC is such an, in such a weird place that is now actually the time to be like, yeah, we're going to do a Justice League sequel. Like, and it, when you do a Justice League sequel, which one do you do it to? People don't like Justice League, like the theatrical cut, which was basically done by Joss Whedon, right? They like the Zack Snyder version, which is released straight to HBO yeah, Max. Snyder was going to flip side. <laughs> I hope it's a sequel to the Snyder Cut because the Snyder Cut is legitimately very good. Me and Pevy were ready to diss it, right? Because we yeah, had no were, other reviews. Yeah. And we loved it. We came out, we were like, that was amazing. Like, we just trust me, we were shocked, you know? Um, I, remember, I remember listening to you two gush about it. Yeah, but the, the, and that's the thing. If you're going to do a sequel to it, surely you do a sequel to the Snyder Cut and not the, the Whedon Cut, you know? Would just, wouldn't you to be fair and, and mate, would you give it to him as well Schneider, Andy, he's doing, he's doing well, his own thing it's supposed to be Andy Muschietti isn't it like that's the thing it's the Flash director and oh, it's like sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like we haven't seen the Flash yet to determine if this guy is the right guy for the job 
yeah, he did the two It movies, and yeah, It 1 was good, and It 2 was, wasn't. was um, So you can't really say, like, yeah, this guy's the guy, you know? It's just uh, interesting. I just yeah. think it's so interesting. Like, we're entering a new, a new phase for DC with James Gunn and Saffron running DC Studios. And yeah. I do find it really interesting if their first order of business was, like, greenlighting a Justice League sequel, you know? Because... There's other ships you need to get in order before you do this, I think. You know? That war. The Man of Steel sequel. You need to get a second Superman movie out. You need to sort out what you're doing with The Flash. You need to establish where, like, what, like, if you're going to even use the Keaton's Batman or Ben Affleck's Batman, you need to sort that out. There's a bunch of things that needs to happen Check. before that, you know, like, and even the Black Adam thing. The Black Adam is trying to tease a fight with Superman. I don't want that to be the Superman sequel. That shouldn't be the Superman sequel. That's just being teased because The Rock hates the Black Adam's a Shazam villain and not a Superman villain, and he thinks he's above Shazam. Well, guess what, mate? You ain't above Shazam. You know, like, oh, I don't like that man. You know, he betrayed the family, Nick. Do you understand what he's done, right? He's betrayed the family. <laughs> right? You really hate him, don't you? Listen, once he goes against the family, he's it's out of the over. circle. He's out came of the circle. Over. He's gone. He's gone. Right? Wow. You know? I wow, didn't really like wow. him beforehand. But this, this, this whole thing, him not coming back to Fast and Furious 10, dead to me. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. <laughs> right, that's that's it that's all i had to say maybe i'll bring it back up next week for pavy to see if he has input as well but um i thought we'd jump the other stuff uh we'll keep it for next week i assume so keep it first cyril to talk about next week we'll keep it for cyril yeah all right then nick i think we're done so keep it Cyril. keep it 100 uh see you later big announcement coming soon on the podcast see you later ciao bella bye Grip your enthusiasm. Like this? Yeah. Grip your enthusiasm.